Hello and welcome to episode 18 of North Point Plus. North Point Plus is officially an adult. Hey, we grew up. We did it. Cool. That's about that's about as as eventful as it is to turn into an adult. Yeah. <laughs> you realize everything's basically the same. You just pay more money. Yay, taxes. Yay. Mm. Oh man, this is our follow up podcast uh, for our messages and gatherings on Sundays. So we gather together Sunday mornings, uh, get together and worship and hear message. And this podcast gives us an opportunity to continue that conversation. Uh, maybe Jake said something that was really really off putting. Really. Yeah. Just on the line and you wanted to question it. This is the place for that. <laughs> you can do that. You can submit your questions in the app. Uh, and this gives us an opportunity to continue that conversation, uh, to share that conversation with you, to let you continue it, to like, share, comment, subscribe, do all the social media stuff. Uh, like I said, I'm one of your hosts, Mark Adkins. To my left is not Chris Carter. No. This time it really isn't it's Chris Carter. Really not Chris Carter. <laughs> it Last is. week I was not Chris Carter. Now I'm like not, not <laughs> Chris Carter. It's a double negative. Oh shoot! I just became Chris. Yeah, it's math. I can't do that. Yeah, I'm done. This is this is this is more theology focused than math focused. <laughs> There's a reason I'm not a mathematician. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh man! So we are in our uh, our new series that we've kicked off uh, in the new year called "Let Me Think: Wisdom from Proverbs." So, what's that about? Yeah. So we. <laughs> what's that about? The whole book of Proverbs. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Uh, yeah. So we're kicking it off. It's how to live right and well is kind of the idea. Yeah. Trying to glean that wisdom out of Proverbs, um, with the encouragement that as a church, hey, we read Proverbs. Yeah. Uh, all the way through the end of February. Uh, you could obviously continue on beyond February if you want. Nope. After February, uh, <laughs> Proverbs goes away. It's like Hard it's like Disney putting their movies in the vault. <laughs> yeah. Proverbs is going away. Done. Going Get in the it vault in now. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, we would say that today uh, we're recording on the 10th. This comes out on the 11th, so yep. it could be reading Proverbs 10 and 11 or uh, just speed reading on through as many times as you want. But you yeah. know, we encourage people to jump into Proverbs uh, and spend some time there in the next couple months. That'd be great. Yeah. yeah, so join along. I have already missed a day or two and found myself catching up because I'm one of those people that I can't just not... I can't not read it. Yeah, you got to go back and get Yesterday it. Yesterday I didn't read the 9th, so today I had to read 9 and 10. That's just the way I'm wired. It's so. not how Proverbs works, though, because it's not like you're missing like this whole context of part of the story where all of a sudden you're like, what? Harry Potter died? How'd that yeah, happen? My brain, right? my brain don't work that way. No. Okay. <laughs> my brain wants to fill itself. Not yeah. that Proverbs is useless, but my brain wants to fill itself with as much useless information as possible. Yeah. So even if there's a page that I've missed, I got it. I gotta go in and do it. Did you read all of the stuff that your uh, college professor assigned? Like when they say, "Hey, go back and read this." Did you read all of it? Depends on the class. Yeah. Okay. Sure. For the most part. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. There were some classes like th- this is not advice. So if you're in college or in high school, wisdom. this is not yeah. wisdom. This is where you learn from my mistakes. <laughs> do as I say, not as I do. We'll talk about that later. <laughs> uh, the one class I took philosophy in college. Easiest class I've ever taken in my entire life. Like, such a joke. Yeah. Mainly because of the, like, everyone knew this professor was super easy. Like, the homework was ridiculous. Is this the part where I ask where you went to school so we can't, like, put somebody on blast? Or we just This professor no longer works there. Okay. All right. I went to Spring Harbor University. It was at that school. All right. (laughs) Um, So I'm in philosophy. Like, I literally forgot we had our midterm. And I walked into class and he was like, all right, we're taking our midterm. And I was like, oh my gosh, I completely forgot. Like, it just totally slipped my mind. How do you forget the midterm? Got an A plus. <laughs> like, <laughs> such a joke of a class. And then I started to get to the point where I realized it was a joke where if you're talking about philosophy, we're, we're in there with the, um, we're talking about this philosophical uh, discussion point about 
uh, how the world came to be, how the world came to be created. And there's this uh, philosophical idea of whether human beings are totally unique or they are cookie cutter. Um, like you take a cookie cutter and make a shape of a cookie and they're all basically the same. Yeah. And so you're having that philosophical discussion of are humans unique? Are they whatever? And so we're in the middle of this really deep, really philosophical discussion. And uh, a student raises his hand uh, to the professor. Professor calls on the student. The student says, professor, but really, like, what is a cookie? And the professor was like, exactly. And I was like, this class is ridiculous. And like, I'm, <laughs> I'm so done. Like, uh, I'm not reading anymore. Whatever. <laughs> that was like week three of class. Yeah. So Yeah. Sold the book right back to yeah. the bookstore In that, that class, day. I did not read very much. <laughs> Still got an A+. Plus. Right. <laughs> so yeah, for whatever that's worth. <laughs> How did we get there? No idea. Yeah. Reading Proverbs. Reading you Proverbs. should read Proverbs every day. I'm going to be reading it. We literally <laughs> just talked about how we have tangents and not everybody likes our tangents to begin with. And what did we do with this podcast? We have to start it on a tangent. <laughs> <laughs> Does this happen with Rick? I just want to know. No, Rick is <laughs> he's more business. Much more organized <laughs> and much better he's at good. podcasting than either of us yeah, right <laughs> if you don't like our banter let us know we'll yeah, we'll just, try to cut yeah, it down just start fast forwarding yeah, you just yeah i i would say go to the timestamp in the video but i'm not gonna put a timestamp in <laughs> just skip ahead 30 seconds you'll be fine oh. all right so we're we're talking about proverbs yeah we had reading questions. every day um you went through proverbs 5 yeah uh, in your message which talks about uh marriage um specifically commitment in marriage and the dangers of being not committed right. in your marriage, right. adultery, uh, unfaithfulness, things like that. Um, so a lot of really great questions. Thank you for submitting your questions. Um, so we're just going to dive in. Let's do it. We'll see where we end up. All right. So the first question that came in, um, uh, this person is asking, uh, at what time in Solomon's life did he write Proverbs and what led him to be so well served to impart these truths, especially when he continued to live in unhealthy relationships with females? So you had mentioned... <laughs> Early on in your message, yeah. how it's kind of ironic yeah. that Solomon is giving this really, really godly advice and solid advice about marriage and faithfulness and commitment, and that comes from a guy that married seven hundred women, yeah, and lived with three hundred concubines, yeah. What that about? Right, <laughs> right. Monkey see, monkey no do very well, right? Like that was <laughs> was not very good. Uh, yes, yeah, so historians would say um, of the three books that Solomon's uh, mostly attributed to, he's not attributed to all the Proverbs, uh, but you've got Song of Solomon. Yep. Uh, they think he was young when he wrote that. Yep. Uh, then you've got the book of Proverbs. They would say that that happened kind of like midlife for him. Sure. And then Ecclesiastes, that's so much encouragement that comes out of Ecclesiastes, <laughs> yes. uh, would have been the end of his life. Um, and so... Typically, when wisdom writings would come out yeah. um, around this time period in, in different cultures in Egypt and stuff like that, like it was at the height of of the prestige of the kingdom, and that's sure. kind of what Solomon had going on, right? Yeah. Like things were good in Israel. People wanted to know, like, how in the world is little Israel like such a big deal right now? Right. And so that's probably when Proverbs would have come out. Um, it's hard to say because, like, yeah, he is not fully qualified based on his actions, right? So yeah, so, it, but he so knew based better. based on that kind of timeline, yeah. it's very likely that Solomon wrote this and then continued yeah. <laughs> to marry additional women, right. to take on additional concubines, to basically ignore everything he said. His own advice, yeah. his own proverbs, yeah. his own wise sayings. Yeah, and and the sad part is if you read into Ecclesiastes and you know the end of Solomon's life right. like he fell into all these pitfalls that he's talking about. Right. Like he is the prime example of saying like, Hey, this is what's going to happen. 
let me show you. <laughs> and like, I wish it was different for him, but yeah. you know, and, and here's the thing, like we all do that. We know sure. better. And, and right. so many things like I know I want my body to feel good and I want to eat right. healthy, but I had a breakfast burrito from Taco Bell this morning. <laughs> like, I, I know better, right? Right. Right. But I still did it and we still do those things. And that's right. not to excuse Solomon or any of right. stuff. Like, yeah, it was absolutely wrong uh, in doing those things. Right. And it's a sad reality, but it doesn't take away from, from his truth, right? Like right. it can still be true, even though he fell into what he knew he shouldn't have, because we all do that in right. some capacity. Yes. Yeah. We're all very guilty. Uh, over and over and over again, it, it's very easy to point out the faults mm-hmm. and then not live up to that same standard right. of being able to point out the faults. Like Absolutely. it's very easy for us. I mean, remove it from this example entirely. If you're watching any type of sporting event, mm-hmm. it's very easy because you have the whole playing field in front of you to see like that guy was wide open. You should run this play. You right. should have ran this way instead of that way. It's very easy to do that. And then when you're in that moment and the ball is in your hands mm-hmm. and there's 10 people running at you, it's a lot harder to make that decision in that moment. Yeah. So you're, we're guilty of that. Um, but I think the cool thing that we can look at, at least with Solomon, being able to offer this solid, godly, biblical advice and fall short of it, um, the, the saying that I always use, I mean, I'll probably said it on this podcast a hundred times, and I know I've said it to people <laughs> in my life a thousand times, is that I love that God can draw straight lines with crooked sticks. Right. <laughs> Solomon is a very crooked stick oh, yeah. and is able to still draw the straight line of you know writing the book of Proverbs. And this is godly wisdom that can be applied to our lives, even though the person that's writing that wisdom really isn't the greatest example of that. And there's a reason for that, too, that God wants you not to look to Solomon for your example of wise living. Look to Jesus for your example of wise living. Right. So, yeah, it's it's fascinating. (laughs) Those who can't do teach. (laughs) Right. There you go. Solomon really sort of (laughs) stuck to teaching. (laughs) All right. This next question uh, is a great one. It's, it's, It's definitely worth addressing and talking about. Um, why do so many big figures in the Bible, for example, David and Solomon, mm-hmm. have so many wives when God makes it so clear that you're only supposed to, it's marriage is a one man and one woman deal. Right. Why do David and Solomon and so many other biblical figures keep getting married to multiple women? Yeah, it goes right back to the, the previous question. Why do we do the things we know we shouldn't do? Right, and, and that's just these guys, and and I think they, and this wasn't necessarily common uh, at any of these time periods. Like, sure, you had to have money and power and prestige to be able to have seven hundred wives and three hundred mistresses, and Solomon right. had all of that, and so uh, he had the opportunity and did it when he shouldn't have, you know. Right. And the sad reality is, it's happened again and again in the Bible. We saw Solomon, we saw David, uh, even Abraham, mm-hmm. you know, had Hagar, and uh, just again and again throughout. And when you look to it. Because of that sin, because of these guys not sticking to mm. the one relationship that God had instituted for him, they fell into so much pain and despair and issues right. because of it. So right. uh, on one hand, like it's it's just showing you like, hey, you don't want to be a part of this in any capacity. Yep. Um, and on the other hand, like you were just saying, there is something on the idea of, um, man, God still uses brokenness. Yep. He's not done with it. And yep. he used that. David is a man after God's own heart. And there's like continually again and again and again that you're like, man, get it together, Dave. Yeah. What are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> right. Has anybody ever called David Dave before? <laughs> One person. One you, person. <laughs> right in One this moment. One person, yeah. There you go. <laughs> 
Yeah, it's it's this funny thing where uh, this is a this is a common uh, complaint or a question really that's often thrown against the Bible is like, why is it that all these godly people are so filled with sin, and especially in the area of marriage, um, when God calls Israel out to look different than the other cultures, why is it that Israel so often just looks like the cultures around them? Right. Um, which is a great example of God's continued love for the people of Israel, that he's patient with them, that even when they keep making mistake after mistake after mistake, he's faithful to them, he's still with them. Um, and yeah, I think it, you pointing out too that even though God doesn't come right out and, you know, there's, we don't have that specific verse where God says, Solomon, this is sin because you're taking on more than one wife. God basically just says, like, look at Solomon's life as the result of this life path. Like, right. it will lead to pain and more pain for Solomon, for Solomon's wives, for Solomon's kids, for the people around Solomon, for the people of Israel. Like, it's just one thing after another that when you make that choice and continue going down that path, it just leads to it leads to death. That's what right. sin leads to. Right. And I, and I hit on it a little bit on Sunday, but I think there really is something to the idea of David's broken relationship with women right. and how that played on to Solomon as well. Yep. You know, the fact that David had sin issues with women in his life and, and could never figure that out properly. Yep. And Solomon just continues that on, that he didn't have the role model, that he didn't have those kinds of things right. um, properly. And there's something about really just breaking out of that. You yep. know, we see it all the time with things of, of addiction and alcohol and drug or, or abuse or whatever it may be. Yep. Um, and it, it takes a lot to break that cycle in a family. Um, it does. You do. You are breaking it and creating good habits for generations to come. So yeah. it's hard to do, but man, uh, God is good and can do it. Yeah. Amen. All right. This is uh, probably the most important question. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, from Iskray Arderke. <laughs> And it sounds so familiar. <laughs> I, I can't put that together. It's yeah. It's it's a fun. Is that Latin? That sounds like Latin. It's some sort of Latin, okay. but Latin's a dead language. So oh, who really knows? Okay. <laughs> it took me forever to read that. <laughs> <laughs> when that question came in, I was like, "Who is this name?" Yeah. Now I know. If you know Iskray Arter K, yeah. I, we'll let them figure it out. Yeah, People will figure you, that out. You got it. You yeah. got it. You got it. Um, can we get shirts, bumper stickers, face masks, and more that say "Don't cuddle the panda"? <laughs> Good. I really tried. So we got my wife for Christmas um, sublimation printer. So what? Yeah. All right. I'm going to explain to you a little <laughs> bit about sublimation. I had no idea either. So she's got a cricket and does the whole vinyl thing. Sure. Uh, Julie does too. Yeah. Right? Yep. I think we've all cutting out together patterns and, and design. Yeah. And all that. So there's sublimation, which is a special ink that you put into a printer on special paper, special printer, special ink, special paper, all the specialness, right? And it prints out, you lay it on the shirt or the hat or whatever, and then you just heat press it on and the ink absorbs into the fibers oh. and like you can wash it and it's good and it's specifically for this kind of thing. That's amazing. And I was like, honey, we just got you all this stuff. Let's do it. And she's <laughs> like, we have two kids in three hours. Plenty no, of time. You're not, I'm not doing that <laughs> so that you can have a t-shirt that says, don't cuddle the panda. I'm not doing that. Like, oh, man. So I tried, but... Man, we'll get there no. eventually. If I was better prepared, I would have gotten... I would have ran to Meyer and just got a white t-shirt and a Sharpie. Just drew a panda. <laughs> Written it on. Yeah. Uh, obviously, that's referring to the, uh, the, the story and the analogy that you put in your message about... <laughs> um, I shouldn't laugh at the story because the person was mauled <laughs> mauled by a panda bear that they thought was really cute, uh, and uh, and tying that obviously to how we just get yeah. closer and closer to sexual sin because yeah. it's cute, it seems harmless, right? right. It's not that big of a deal, right. and then obviously you end up in great, great, great pain, much like a panda bear would much cause. Like a panda bear. So don't cuddle the panda. If we get, uh, I'm, I was trying to 
put a number on. If we get like 20 comments on the video, <laughs> you'll get a t-shirt. I will pay Ashley <laughs> to, make, <a> <laughs> to make Don't Cuddle the Panda t-shirts. Yeah, I like it. We'll post it on Facebook, <laughs> all of us in our Don't Cuddle the Panda t-shirts. Even if it's just one person commenting 20 times, <laughs> I will pay Ashley <laughs> to make that t-shirt. <laughs> And you have to wear it in your next message. I'm in. I don't know. Well, I don't know if we're going to let me do that one, but I'll wear it. No, it's sometime. in the bet. It's in the bet. It can't be undone. When's he get back from vacation? Soon now. He's on his way. As soon as he hears this podcast, he's on his way back. Oh, man. We are. We never even started on the rails. <laughs> this next question, submitted by uh, the one and only Bayman Royer. Hey. I'm much easier to name to say than is Cray Arter K. Yeah. Uh, so Bayman asks... Why did Rehoboam not listen? So Rehoboam, Solomon's son, yep. uh, Chris had covered in the previous message that basically Solomon is gathering all these writings and putting it into a book or a letter for his son. Right. So the implied meaning would be that's, that's for Rehoboam. Right. Um, Solomon provides all his wisdom, pleading with his son to listen, and yet Rehoboam ends up telling the people when Rehoboam is in charge, uh, I'm going to whip you with scorpions. Yeah. <laughs> uh, not a great leader. No. Ramboam does not uh, leave the legacy of, of leading well and applying all of these principles. Why is that? Yeah. <laughs> so like Rehoboam, there's the 12 kingdoms of Israel, right? And yep. um, by the end of Rehoboam's reign, he had one <laughs> of the 12 left over. Um, not a good leader. And, no. and very early on, he's got all this wisdom, right, from one from the most successful time period in Israel's history. Like, there's right. a blueprint right there handed to him. Yep. Um, and he's got leaders that were yep. there with his dad, like advisors that come to him, and they're like, hey, your dad did some great stuff, but he worked people really, really hard. Like, let people love you here yep. and just kind of ease off. And then he's got some other advisors that are that are younger that don't have the experience that these guys do that are kind of his boys, right? Yep. And they're like, "No, man, you got to chart your own path. <laughs> Go your own way. Go even harder." And so that's what he listens to. <laughs> My dad got you with whips, whipped you with whips. I'm going to whip you with scorpions, right? And it's just such bad advice, you know? And I think yeah. uh, part of it is is that like having the people around you that will speak good truth into your life. Yep. Man, that's just critical. People who can say, don't cuddle the panda, you know, right. like can speak that into your life and can tell you that or can just guide you a little bit here or there. Um, not people that are out there to serve themselves yeah. right, or, 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 or get their own gain a part of it. And I think he surrounded himself with the wrong people uh, as part of it. And the other thing is this guy was given everything in an instant. Right, like we were talking about this earlier with Ray Boehm. Like, yeah, everything was his. Yep. Handed literally the world on a silver platter. Yeah. Yeah, and I, and I think so there's some dangers in that. Like, as you're raising your kids, recognize you want to teach them the life principles behind stuff and not yeah. just hand them everything. Like, you want to teach them how to work hard. You want to teach them to be responsible. Right. Um, so don't give them the whole kingdom, right? Like, right. start out small. Right. Teach them to budget. Teach them to do these kinds of things so that uh, they don't wind up broke like right. Rehoboam did. Right. Yeah, well, I think it, it, you know, as we're talking about this, it it really speaks to the it speaks to how observant kids are yeah. i mean we talked about solomon writing these proverbs at the peak of his wisdom at the peak of israel's prosperity like everything's going well and rehoboam sees this like yeah. dad's clearly dad clearly knows what's going on he's re, he's leaving behind some really good writings and then rehoboam continues to observe solomon mm. and solomon writes this thing yeah. and does this thing does something completely different. And so Rehoboam has that example in his life. Of, true. Hey, 
you know, I can say whatever I want. So I'll say and affirm God and God's wisdom and God's law and God's rule and all of that. But it doesn't really matter what I do. You know, dad did the same thing. Yeah. And that generational <laughs> influence just continues and continues. I mean, Solomon saw it with David. Rehoboam sees it with Solomon. And that just continues. And like, it's just this destructive cycle. Of sin. And it's like we talked about. Like, that is really hard to break out of. Like, yeah. even thinking in our own families of how influential parents are on us and our par- grandparents are on our parents and just like tracking things back like man that is a tough cycle to break yeah. but thankfully <laughs> Jesus can step in and break that right and then you can have that fresh start where you can actually hear the word of God believe the word of God and apply the word of God rather than doing you know the Solomon method of hear it believe it eh, you don't really need to right. do it though right um Man, that's a dangerous. Yeah, and and there's a dangerous path. On the flip side of that too, though, like man, when you're investing into it and you're showing it to be real to your kids, right? You're setting up an incredible foundation. Yep, an incredible, incredible foundation. Like, uh, I can remember talking with my grandmother about the importance of of being in church mm. and what that meant to her and being involved and being a part of it. And like, yep. you know, back in the day, it was like I don't care if the snow tundra came through. I was loading kids in the station wagon, and all yeah. my aunts and uncles, their dad were, and dad, were like <laughs> they were all going to church with her and all this yep. stuff. And like that was a thing. Yep. Um, and man, she had laid such a foundation that like I see it now in my cousins. Yep. Right. So her grandkids and their great grandkids, and and it's like they made that decision that church was a priority. Yep. And man, it's not perfect, right? Like that's right. part of Proverbs. Right. You know, it's not a guarantee. Right. But man, she's laid a foundation in so many ways that has just impacted and changed the life of our family. That man, we're full of people that just love and pursue in Jesus because it was a priority to them and yeah. they lived it out. Yeah. That's a cool legacy that you can build on the flip side of that. That's too. huge. That's awesome. Love it. All right. This last one um, is a great, I think this is a great follow-up question. This is a great one to end on too. I think this yeah. is such an important piece that uh, you would you would mention toward the end of your message, basically this. I'll, just, I'll just ask the question, then we'll get into the conversation. So the question came in, uh, if you have had an affair once uh, and you decide never again to have an affair, will God forgive you if you ask? Um and I think, man, that just shows a heart that is seeking forgiveness. Yeah. Um, so what uh, what hope can we offer someone that has had an affair once or someone that's had an affair many times, someone yeah. that's in an affair right now? Yeah. What I remember, hope? When this question came in, man, I just remember reading it, and you can just feel the pain Yeah. on something like this. It's, it's just, it hurts. Yep. Yeah, and sin hurts. Sin is painful, and I think that's important to know. But I think it's also equally important to know uh, the answer is yes. <laughs> absolutely, God can forgive you and, and wants to forgive you and wants to be in there and restore you in, in, in your marriage and all, in all of those things. Like There is not anything that you can do that God's not going to try and bring you back for. Like yeah. He loves you so much. He pursues you more than you recognize. And when there's that forgiveness that he offers to you, and, and man, you, you come to him and say, God, I'm sorry, I'm changing, I'm going to be different. There's that repentance. Like No questions asked. He just wraps his arms around you. It's the beauty of the prodigal son, right? Mm. That he's just wrapping the arms around Mm. you and says, I love you and wants better for you. And it's getting close to him. It's accepting his forgiveness that we grow closer to him. It's not getting everything together. It's first accepting the forgiveness, growing closer to be with Jesus. And then that's what changes us out of there, you know? And, And so I think it's important to just recognize that, yeah, man, it has consequences. Adultery has consequences. Stepping outside of marriage, sex outside of marriage, whether it's it's premarital sex, right. whether it is sex uh, with somebody else other than your spouse, like whatever it is, and there are painful consequences to that. Right. And we serve a God that loves 
and restores and right. came down to be with us because of this kind of stuff. Right. Like he came down to be with us and to love us and make a way for us out of our, our struggles, out of our yep. issues, out of our sins in all of those things. So yeah, yes, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. That's, I think the, it's just what's so good about God is like the, as you read through scripture, especially the old Testament, the old Testament is filled with morons yes. <laughs> that are just like that have it laid out for them. Yeah. And they're like, nah, mm-hmm. like I'm going to do my, like Abraham. I promise yeah. to give you children. And he's like, I'm going to make one myself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, Abraham, don't. Ugh. And so Abraham messes up. God still loves Abraham. God still keeps his promise to Abraham, even though Abraham basically tries to break the, like break his way around the promise. And you have that with Isaac and with Jacob and with Joseph and with David and Solomon and the people of Israel through all of their ups and downs and mostly downs and their ex, like all of that continually jumping into sin. And God is always, always ready to respond with mercy when they ask for it. Um, and so that like, thankfully, that's the God that we have, that when we've had an affair, when we've had many affairs, when we've ruined one marriage or several marriages, or we're in the process of an affair, wherever you're at, thankfully, we serve a God that wants to be merciful right. to you. Like right. that is an immense, that blows my mind that God can look at a guy like Solomon who basically spits in his face 699 times with wives and an an additional 300 times with concubines. Right. And God still responds and wants to respond with mercy. Like if, if that is God's response to Solomon, that is God's response to you as well, which is all that is the greatest comfort I think we can have. Right. It's because of what Jesus did. Yeah. And that's just the thing with sin has consequences, right? Yep. There will be pain. There's no way around that, right? Your sins will find you out. The wages of sin is death. Like there is pain. Yep. There is death. There is consequences as a result of sin. So so the sad part is maybe your marriage doesn't survive, mm-hmm. right? Like divorce, ha- it's it's part of it. Right. It will happen. It can happen. It's not guaranteed. It's not the desire. Even right. even when there is is brokenness in marriage, restoration right. is the goal. But, but sometimes there is a reason for divorce. But in spite of that, there is always reason for forgiveness. Yeah. That's a beautiful, beautiful thing yep. to know and to believe and trust. It's forgiveness that comes from God, forgiveness that we can give to one another. Right. And, and it's just trusting it in that all the way through. Yep. Yeah. And yeah, you're, we're faced with that when we're confronted with our sin. We're faced with the choice of where do we take that? Right. Do, we, do I take that in and keep it down? Because that's, that's, what, that's our default response because that's generally what sin wants to do is to right. be Hide. hidden and isolated. Um and that's the beauty of the cross is that God offers you a place to take it. You can take it and lay it down and it's dealt with. Right. It, that sin in terms of the guilt associated with it is gone. Oh. There's still consequences in our lives. Like we said, like there's pain associated with any affair. There's That is a painful process. Yeah. Um, and in the process of that, God can use pain and bring about our greatest good which he did with the cross. So if he's going to do it with the cross, he will do it with other things as well. So hopefully that offers some comfort. Hopefully that gives some hope. Um, I don't know a better place to offer hope than take it to the cross. Yeah, Yeah, give it to Jesus. (laughs) Yeah. Absolutely. Awesome. Well, that's all the questions we have. Is there anything else you wanted to leave the the fine folks with? No, I think the only thing that comes to mind uh, is uh, fun or marriage. 
Uh, yeah. yeah, talk more about You've that. You've got that coming up. Chris and Emily Carter have this incredible thing they've been working on. They've already done, I know, of at least one group together. They've got more coming up. Yeah. Uh, you can sign up on the website, on the app. Like It's all there. Uh, but we recognize that man, marriage can be fun. It can be good. And it doesn't always feel that way for people, yeah. whether it's because of pain uh, or just being off sync or whatever it may be. So uh, there's weekend retreats. There's uh, studies, weekly studies kind of aspects. So there's different ways to get and do that. But, man, if you're looking to just add some something more Funner, even though funner's <laughs> not a word, right? We're making it a word. We're making it a word, right? Uh, <laughs> check it out. Yeah, it's worth it. I'm going to it. I got one yeah. coming up in February. I'm going to be a part of that. Yeah. Uh, I know other staff members have. So uh, we love it on staff enough that we're going to it. <laughs> so that should tell you it's it's really good and worth it. Yes. Yeah. Thanks for plugging in. Yeah, it's a great it's a great opportunity to stop stop the process of listening to what culture thinks marriage should look like. Right. Because wherever you see marriage, we talked about that, like wherever you see marriage, whether it's in movies, TV shows, wherever, it's always work and there's always drama and there's always this heart. And that's real to some extent. Like there is work and hardship and and drama that comes out of of creating a family. And there's so much joy Mm -hmm. and fun that can be found in marriage that it's a godly marriage. Yeah. So, yeah, it's it's super cool. Definitely check that out. Information's on the app. Information's on the website. Um, I think there's a wait list, too, if, if things get full at some yeah. point. So if, you, if you're if you watching this later and things don't seem available, there's always a wait list or an, or an interest list that you can email, and uh, Chris and Emily will be in touch. So that's an awesome resource. Definitely worth checking out. And that's all we got. That's it. So thanks for your time, Jake. Thank yeah. you again for submitting questions, uh, for continuing the conversation, uh, and thanks for joining us in reading Proverbs. Uh, we're going to continue doing that throughout the month of January, and then again, we'll start the process uh, at the beginning of February. We'll start over at uh, Proverbs 1 on February 1, so we invite you to, to join along with that. Keep submitting questions, and we will see you next week. Next week.